This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello, hello. It's December. How on earth did that happen in a year that's felt like a decade? And it still somehow feels like December has managed to sneak up on me. I'm not entirely sure how that works. Right then, I have got a cracker of a Christmas episode coming up for you next week. But before we completely cave in to all things festive, this week's episode is a great chat with Rick Casali from Carbon Copy an online hub that connects local communities, councils and companies who share the goal of a carbon zero future. Carbon Copy's aim is to help more people in taking local climate action and collectively in building something better. What an awesome aim. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the words climate action, there's a part of me that I don't know, starts to shrink somehow. A part of me that associates climate action with getting shouty with a placard and that associates local climate action with possibly quite dreary meetings in cold church halls where everyone has a good old whinge but nothing much actually happens. Well, thankfully, this isn't the case or isn't always the case. Climate action will mean different things to different people and that's okay. Your climate action might be reducing your plastic or your meat consumption or your general consumption or something else entirely. And local climate action can look different in different places or even different projects in the same place. Local climate action is all about getting together with the people in your local area to take action. And it's that action that is important. So you could set up a repair cafe or a secondhand school uniform service or a plastic free buying group. Or you could get involved with something a bit more technical like a local energy cooperative. It really doesn't matter what it is. What matters is thinking about your skill set and how you might be able to contribute towards making something bigger happen. There are so many benefits to local climate action, as you'll hear Rick and I discuss in this episode. And coming together with others is a great way not only to amplify your individual actions or maybe to take them to the next level, but also to meet others and to know that you're not alone in your quest to make the world, both globally and locally, a better place. So have a listen and then have a think, what could your local climate action be? What action could you take with others locally? What skills have you got? What time have you got? What resources have you got? There will be something that fits or you can make something that fits. So have a think and do let me know if you think of something that you'd love to get going in the new year. 
I would absolutely love to hear from you. It would make my day. Enjoy. Hello, Rick. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you for having me. Really um, looking forward to diving into this one. So let's kick off like we always do with asking you to introduce yourself and to introduce Carbon Coffee as well. Okay, my name is Rick Casali. Uh, I'm a co-founder and one of the trustees of Carbon Copy. And Carbon Copy is a UK charity that's helping to speed up local climate action by convening local councils, communities, and companies who share a common vision of a carbon zero future. Wow. And what we do is, is we want to celebrate the success stories of people that are working collectively on low carbon initiatives in order to make those initiatives more accessible to more people. Yeah. So that, you know, ideally people can adopt them or copy them. Yeah. So how long have you guys been around? We uh, basically started at the beginning of this year. Oh, wow. Um, and we really grew from the momentum created by hundreds of local councils declaring climate emergencies. Mm. So actually, um, 2019 was a huge year in terms of councils yeah. uh, declaring those climate emergencies. And I think what people may not appreciate is just how ambitious councils are across mm. the country in terms of wanting to get to net zero. Yeah. We've got a national target, as you know, of 2050 uh -huh. to get to net zero emissions. Yeah. But many, many councils uh, have an ambition to get there by 2030. Oh, wow. Which is really, really encouraging in yeah. terms of that level of ambition. Yeah. And, and when I say many, um, you know, people might not appreciate there's about 380 principal councils that cover so the So will that be like country. your county council? Yes, exactly. And, and, yeah, and some of the city municipality yes. councils yeah. as well. And so there's about 380 of them across the whole of the UK. Mm -hmm. Three quarters of them have now declared a climate emergency. Wow. Two years ago, it was one. Really? Who Rest was it? Bristol. Bristol <laughs> City Council led the way literally it's two years ago, pretty much, 13th of November oh, wow. 2018. We heard from Spelthorne District Council a couple of weeks ago. They're the latest council, as far as we know, to declare a climate emergency. Mm -hmm. But now there's three quarters of all local councils have declared. Yeah. And what's really exciting is over half of them have said we want to get to net zero by 2030. Brilliant. That huge momentum and that exciting declaration of, ten, of intent is something that we really wanted to build yeah. on. Because, you know, the good news doesn't stop there in terms of declaring and recognizing the climate emergency. A lot of the plans that the councils are putting together are not just specific to um, their own operations. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a yes. plan you know, for their buildings, to mm -hmm. electrify their fleet, you know, to have low energy streetlights. Yeah. The plan covers the entire borough or the entire city. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to work if all of us are engaged yeah. and involved in that plan. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite an important distinction because I think I'm in Wiltshire and I'm pretty sure Wiltshire, they have declared a climate emergency, but sometimes it's a bit unclear as to whether they're, they're saying we're going to be net zero by 2030, as you say, for our own buildings, for our own infrastructure, or whether they mean like we're going to make the whole county and everything that sort of, so sometimes that's quite, um, 
difficult to appreciate exactly what's being said. Yes, and we've done a little bit of work just to try and make that clearer, just to make it a bit easier for people. Yeah. Um, so on our website, you can actually go and find, hopefully very easily, uh, what the uh, local climate action plan looks like. Okay. And we've, and we've spelled out, is it a plan that's just specific to the council's operations? Yeah. Does it cover the entire area? Okay, brilliant. Uh, but, even, but even if it's council only, it's really important that the council is leading. Yes, definitely. So in and yeah. of itself, yeah. it's a really good sign. And, you know, we want to encourage that to be a starting point to build from. Yeah. As opposed to going, oh, well, it's only the council operations. You yes. Know, the the council have, councils have a lot of influence in addition to direct yeah. control. Um, and they are part of the, the solution. Yeah. Um, you know, alongside, you know, community groups and, and local companies. Yeah. And how much interest, because like I said, I'm in Wiltshire and my town is Warminster. And so we have our own town council and I've, there's a sort of group of us that have been talking to them and working with them around declaring a climate emergency and things. And, and do you have those sort of smaller parish and town councils listed as well? Um, it's a great question. Uh, we don't at this stage, partly because the numbers become massive. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I said there's about almost 400 principal yeah. councils. When you start to then go to um, town councils, yes. and parish councils, there's over 10,000 yeah. across the country. And a lot of them are doing great stuff. Yeah. So we do need to figure out how to shine a light on the great work that they're doing yeah. and how to share some of the initiatives. But it's just a question of figuring it out because there are so many. Yeah. And, and the good news is there's so much good stuff happening. Yes. And part of what we want to, to address is how do we create more visibility for what's happening because a lot mm. of things are now happening in parallel yeah and people might not appreciate that something similar to what i'd like to do is oh, okay. happening yeah elsewhere in the country or possibly you know in, in the neighboring county yeah town yeah and it's, and it's trying to connect those dots yeah definitely but it's not all um all about councils and councils taking action is is it there's lots of local community groups and things as well on there absolutely and, and i definitely want to stress that in that um they are a key part of the solution, but another key part is uh, all the, the diverse community groups. And, and a lot of the community groups have been doing a lot of stuff around uh, the environment for a long, long time, mm. you know, before their council declared a climate emergency. Again, the opportunity is a lot of the things that, that community groups are doing fit within this bigger plan. You know, yes. We now have a vision for how in our local area we want to get to net zero. And we can't do that with everybody's involvement. We can't do that with a lot of the, the community groups that mm -hmm. are leading the way in their various areas. Mm. How do we just connect all that activity yeah. so that we're all kind of moving coherently in the same direction? Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, communities play a key part. And you know, and thinking about us as individuals, that in some ways is the opportunity for us in terms of how can we have even more impact above and beyond yeah. things that we might do in terms of changing our personal lifestyle. Yeah. It's like, what's next for me? Is there mm -hmm. a way that I can contribute more? Yeah. And, and that's a, a, an obvious opportunity. So can you give us some examples of local climate action? Because it's, it's wishy-washy is the wrong thing, but do you know, it's quite a, um, 
a, a broad term, isn't it? So what does yeah, that actually yeah. look like? I think I want to differentiate a little bit between um, what we might do at a personal level mm -hmm. and uh, what we could do more collectively yeah. in the places where we live. And I want to recognize that the personal changes are the most important, mm -hmm. often the hardest. Yes. Because, you know, we're, we're changing habits, we're doing something that we're not comfortable with, perhaps we're doing something that people aren't around us are not doing. Yes, yeah. So, you know, all credit to everybody that has made that first step. Yeah. Because I say it is the hardest one and it's the most important. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the stuff around, you know, um, how can we, for instance, recycle more? Yeah. Um, all those kinds of things, really, really important. Mm. Um, the next step, if you like, is how can we then, if we start to see there's more people around us that share the same concerns, mm. how do we then work together um, to have a, a bigger impact? Yeah. And that's where, when I talk about local climate action, I'm thinking about that more collectively. Yeah. Um, our role as residents uh, where we live uh, and almost like the civic mm -hmm. aspect. Yeah. And so there's a number of, of I mean, the range is, is phenomenal, very exciting. It just depends on uh, people's interests and passions. Mm. It can be uh, anything from there's lots of energy co-ops mm -hmm. springing up. Um, through to um, all kinds of circular economy activities around, you know, upcycling fashion. Right. There's a whole initiative called the Library of Things. Yes, yeah. Where, you know, you're swapping uh, mm. items and using items as opposed to purchasing them, using them one yep. time and then just leaving them um, forever. There's great initiatives around, you know, edible playgrounds, mm. you know, getting, growing food and stuff. So um, children are making that connection yep. with, with nature. There's a great initiative called Planting Healthy Air in Schools. Oh, wow. Um, which again, it's, a, it's a similar kind of thing, but it, yeah. it's connecting uh, some of the, the benefits yes. of doing something that, like you say, what is climate action? Well, yeah. when you start to think about some of the benefits, yeah. you, you use different languages and it comes to life a bit more. Mm. But that's one of the exciting things about what we're doing is what people are sharing on Carbon Copy, you go, wow, that's just so exciting. It's such yes. a great initiative. Yeah. I want to share that because I want more people to discover yeah. and get energized by it and copy it. Yes. So that for us, it really has been very uplifting. Yeah. There's so much of this happening. Yeah. And I don't think it gets the visibility and the recognition it deserves. And yeah. we want to celebrate it and, and really, as I say, encourage other people to do more of the same. Yeah. And that involves... Um, starting to talk to people, getting a group together, mm. or joining an existing group. And then getting back to the council piece, a lot of what we're learning is that collaboration is a really common thread. Yeah. And we can't do this on our own, even within the group. Yeah. That group then needs to figure out, well, how can I get the council support sure. to do this, etc. Yeah. Can I get another local company? Yeah to support and it, it's making these connections and that's how we build momentum that's how mm -hmm. we take it from individual action yeah. and leadership through to the whole community now is starting to galvanize yeah yeah and and it, it kind of feels a bit like you're almost this sort of 
platform or umbrella or some kind of thing like that for you know all the kind of so we've got repair cafes and we've got incredible edible and we've got all these different amazing sort of organizations that that exist and that that a brilliant place for you know for you guys to be bringing all those together and connecting them and and allowing that sort of cross seeding almost you know that somebody's got some great ideas for a repair cafe that might also work for these guys and do you know that that kind of yeah. um instead of it all being separate separate little bubbles of people doing their own things bringing everybody together absolutely to I, I think again it may people may not appreciate it until they get a little bit closer to it which is there is a lot of momentum yeah there, there still has been even though this has been a terrible year mm. and a lot of the headlines have been you know focused on the pandemic yeah there's still been a lot of groundswell mm. and a lot of initiative being taken yeah. it just hasn't had as much visibility as it had you know before we were hit with the pandemic yeah and and so again because there's a lot happening in parallel one of the opportunities is to um try and avoid people reinventing the wheel mm. um you know the a repair cafe okay well you know i've heard about that but you know Give me an example of one. Can I get in touch with someone that yeah. runs one so that I can actually ask some questions about how you set it up, what works, yeah. what doesn't work, some of those insights. And I just need a bit of a steer and yeah. then I'll go off and do something similar in, in my own local community. Yeah. And it's just trying to accelerate that learning mm. so that you are not spending extra time and effort, yeah. which we don't have a lot of to spare, yes. you know, to get to a good place. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is we're encouraging people to be quite honest and open. And yeah. again, that requires some courage. Yes. We're not asking people to advertise their initiative as the best thing ever. We're asking them to tell us what works and what, you know, what would you do differently? Yes. And, and that will help people that want to follow in your footsteps. Yeah. And I think that's so useful to be able to take somebody else's experience and even somebody else's when I say take, I don't mean like steal, but share, you know, things like health and safety policies, which, you know, some of us will be like, oh, I really want to start a repair cafe. It's the most amazing idea. And then you're suddenly like, oh God, I've got to sort out insurance and I've got to sort out. And actually somebody else has already yeah. been through that pain and done that. So if that's going to be your stumbling block, that's going to stop that thing happening. How amazing yes. that you can go somewhere and, and find somebody who's willing to share those those resources. And Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things which has been really quite insightful you know, and this notion of copying is a lot of people that are working on this challenge do not see it as a competition. Mm, you know, it's yeah. not a question of I've got to get there first or I don't want you to find out how I was successful. Yes, yeah. Because if I'm successful and you're not, at the end of the day, collectively, we're going to lose. Mm, mm. And a lot of the front runners are recognizing that what's working they want to disseminate and share yeah. with other people because we've got to bring everybody along yeah um, and that's part of what success looks like yeah. so there is much more of a feeling of collaboration and openness yeah and it's just a question of figuring out how to communicate this mm. more broadly yeah we just spoke a bit earlier about you know um, don't just think about you know the big council areas all the way down to parish councils, yeah. you know, 10,000, et cetera. Yeah. And, and that's just the local government structure. Yeah. You've then also got you know, other um, institutions within our local areas, you know, like colleges and mm, universities, yeah, 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 et cetera. Yeah. They're playing a huge leadership role. 
so much exciting activity happening. How do we just share that learning yeah, better? Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned energy um, cooperatives earlier, and that's probably a whole podcast in itself. But for anyone who's not come across that term before, can you just explain briefly what an energy cooperative is? One of the big changes in terms of renewable energy is um, it almost has to be more local. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, people in the community tend to get more involved right. in setting it up. Mm -hmm. Um, there's opportunities when you have more ownership on the actual um, organization and how the electricity is either generated or distributed to then also create funds that can go mm -hmm. back into the community. Mm. So it's a co-op that's formed by people that want to offer a renewable energy supply mm -hmm. to people in the local area uh, to do it on similar commercial terms to the big providers, yeah. but then to do it in a way that people can also invest yeah. in the company because it's a co-op and that the co-op also typically generates funds that it gives back to the community for other similar initiatives. Yeah. So it becomes a way of giving real meaning to participating in your community. Yeah. And you do so around, in this case, an energy company. Mm. And it almost builds off of the the trend in on energy in particular, us becoming, uh, this term is prosumer, mm -hmm. producer, and consumer. Oh, wow, yeah. Because, we, you know, if you put solar panels on the, uh, the roof of your home, etc., mm -hmm. you are generating electricity mm. that goes back into the grid if you can't yeah. use it, etc. So on an individual basis, we are becoming increasingly more producers mm -hmm. as well as consumers. And the energy co-op is kind of like a that what well, that starts to look like as more of a uh, cooperative more of a okay. community effort yeah so i've seen some that are i think there's one in Froome near me and uh, i think there's one in salisbury and in salisbury they're looking at some kind of um hydro energy because there was obviously a big river avon flowing through salisbury and um but some will be things like putting solar panels on schools or doctor surgeries yes. and things like that is that right Yes, there's a whole variety, like you say, depending a little bit on where the potential source of the energy could be. So if you've mm. got a good source for hydro, yeah, there are some hydro co-ops. Uh, a lot of it, uh, a lot of examples, encouragingly, are, like you say, helping, for instance, schools yeah. become more energy efficient and raising money, et cetera, to put solar panels uh, on schools, mm. which is a really great Way yeah it feels like a bit of a no-brainer like when yeah. you know schools are there when the sun's shining or hopefully at some point in the yes. UK um you know whereas at home yeah. we're we're out during the day and then wanting to use the energy in the evening but mm -hmm. schools and businesses it's the other way around isn't it yes but you see the energy one which uh you can kind of go yeah because renewable energy is such an obvious area where mm. we need to really focus but for many people that's probably too technical mm. and so there's lots of other areas as well you know around you know, like the edible playgrounds yes. and, you know, planting healthy air. That's all kind of like nature-based yes. solutions. And there's a lot of environmental groups that are working really well in, in that space, you know, yeah. or, or if transport, you know, is, is something that is a passion of yours. Like how can we, you know, improve our air quality yeah. locally? You know, some of the walk to school programs, mm. you know, some of the anti-idling, yes. uh, you know, what yeah. all that good stuff, um, filtered neighborhoods, which is where, uh, again, working with uh, people like the council, how mm. do you then rebalance 
a little bit the priorities that you know it's, it's not always cars first right yeah cycle lanes except some of the things that have happened on a temporary measure because of uh, covid mm. um which are increasingly um they're turning into pilots that are, have worked well yeah and so now we're thinking a little bit differently about well actually it makes a lot of sense now to pedestrianize yes. the town center to have a dedicated cycle lane yeah so some of these things um let's say that weren't necessarily uh, intended that yeah. way they're a more reaction to uh, what was going on a bit earlier in the year have had some unintended uh, benefits now yeah. uh, around you know transportation and and and, and that mix yeah. so there's, there's lots of different circular economy that's a whole this massive exciting discussion in and of itself yeah uh, and what people are doing uh, in terms of repairing and reusing and sharing yeah yeah and so, um, and i feel like you, you probably have already said this but let's be really explicit why is local climate action important well we tend to underestimate the power of contribution you know acting within our own sphere of influence to tackle you know a piece of the problem that's right in front of us yeah and personally before st um starling carbon copy with the other trustees mm. i wrote a book which was published last year oh wow um what's it called it, give it a plug it's called civic revolution Brilliant. A, citizen, a citizen's guide. Fab. We will post and, the link to that. Um, just to finish off the plug, um, all the um, money goes towards the charity. The book um, is really a call to arms for people who want to make life better in their local community, but at the same time, you know, they understand that there's more fundamental system change mm. that we need. And in many ways, you know, we are we're branded as consumers, mm, you know, we're yeah. consumed by our work and the potential role that we can play in civic life is really small, yeah. it's dwindled away, but it's that community lens to environmental action, to yeah. climate action, which is vital, but often overlooked. Yeah. And so local action in terms of community and collaborative in the place where you live is a really important part of the whole change. Mm, yeah. And that's what that, that's what that book uh, really talks to and encourages people to recognize there's this huge hidden power that we have yeah. as individuals when we really engage yeah. uh, and, and take our place where we live as the seat of the solution. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you must get asked this question and I, and I get asked this question a lot, you know, is individual action enough? And no, of course, the individual action isn't, isn't enough. And we need businesses and we need governments. And, and presumably you must get there. Well, it's, you know, local action is never going to be enough. Um, yeah. Because I, I know from the very brief dealings I've had with our, you know, local council in that you say, well, why can't you just do this? Well, we can't do this because that's Wiltshire Council's job. And Wiltshire Council can't do that because they're waiting for national guidelines. And, you know, so you come across uh, that, that. I think that's what's so great about a lot of climate action is that they just they just get on and like a lot of local community groups, they just get on and do it. And they're not waiting for policy changes and for yeah. permission or whatever from, um, you know, national guidelines and things like that. They just kind of get on and make stuff happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you raise a great point there, which is, you know, having this bias for action. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. You, you made me think um, we have a, a blog, uh, on carbon copy and um, it's called um, the audacity of action 
Wow. And, you know, it's clearly a nod to the inspiring book by Obama. Right. You know, The Audacity of Hope. Yes. The thought that we have is, you know, what if we've got that equation backwards? Um, and what if it, it, it's not hope isn't what leads to action? But, you know, it's, it's the courage yeah. that leads to collective action that results in hope. That's what Greta says. Greta has a quote like that, I think. Something like, um, you know, more than hope, we need action because when we see the action, then the hope comes. That I'm yes. paraphrasing. But. Yes, and so we have to take action, even if perhaps we don't, it's not led by hope. Yeah. Because it becomes self-fulfilling and then you, you become more hopeful through taking action. And even and, if we don't know if or how something's going to work, I think sometimes just... Let's just put this out there and see what happens and see if there's an yeah. interest in this and see if this can go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I found quite surprising um, and a little bit shocking was, um, you know, when we look back to this year and the impact of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and uh, again, this wasn't by design, it was through disaster, mm. but, you know, we, uh, people weren't flying, hardly anymore, you know, no one was driving, you know, during lockdowns, mm. you know, some people aren't even leaving their homes. Yeah, yeah. So basically we just stopped doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And yet globally, the prediction is that um, the emissions are going to be reduced by about 8%. Oh, it's just, it's mad, isn't and, it? Uh, it's mad because we need that kind of reduction year on year. Yes, yeah. Over the, over the next decade, mm to keep to 1.5, to yeah. keep below 1.5. And so what that tells me is that obviously we can't just do it as individuals. Yeah. And we can't just do it by stopping what we're doing. Yes. There's a whole bunch of things that we have to start doing. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think this kind of local climate action mm. uh, comes together because there's a lot of new things that are happening collectively. Mm. And that's what we have to build off of. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of, like you say, waiting for the for the government to sort of decide what its renewable energies policy is going to be or to start subsidising, you know, stop subsidising fossil fuels and start subsidising renewables, a local school can just raise funds from their community and put solar panels on the roof. And, you know, it's, it, it yeah, can be as simple yeah. as that. And, and I think the, the really good news is this systemic change that we need involves everybody at every level. Mm, yeah. That's the really good news. So absolutely as individuals, we need to make some of those tough decisions yeah. and start to change some of our lifestyles. Absolutely, we need national policies to be aligned yeah. and support us and provide that kind of air cover. But there's this really important middle bit in the sandwich, yeah. which is place-based communities. Yeah. And that element needs to be working uh, really hard yeah. too. Yeah. And we need all of them. And to your point, we don't need to wait. Yes. And in many ways, by not waiting, we are sending really strong signals mm. to people in charge of broader policy yeah. decisions that this is the mood, this is yeah. what people are expecting, and they're acting with the sense of urgency yeah. that a climate crisis deserves. Yeah. And this is what people are doing without your backing and without your help. So imagine what we could achieve together if we had policies moving in the right direction and all that kind of thing. You know, I find this with uh, my community, albeit an online community, and I talk a lot about, you know, this this sort of loneliness almost. If you've, you've sort of 
realized or, or read or are concerned about the impact of the climate crisis. And as you say, you're on your own and there's other people around you aren't in the same place and it feels quite isolating and quite lonely. And to actually connect, whether that's online or, or um, you know, with people in your local community, to find people who care about this thing and are actually doing something about it as well I think is hugely empowering and when we come together I think that really amplifies our individual actions and choices as well. I think it also gives a real meaning to um, what community yeah. is all about. It's really galvanizing to have a shared sense of purpose mm. and to be able to see change happening mm. around you. Yeah. I think if it's too high level, there is a, a sense of powerlessness. Mm. I yeah. have no influence on it. Yes. I have to wait for yeah, someone definitely. else to make a yeah. decision and implement something else. Yeah. I think when we take action locally around us, we can see much more how our contribution is having an impact. Yeah. And, and, and that's really motivating and very rewarding. To a certain extent, this and this is, might be a bit deep and isn't where I thought this conversation was going to go, but we have sort of disconnected a little bit from where we live, haven't we? For a, a mm. lot of people, you go to work, you come home, you have some tea, you watch the telly, you go to work, you come home, and, and there might not be that community that maybe we, or whether we're all just looking with rose-tinted glasses, that there was yeah. 30, 40, 50 years ago. And these kinds of things, as you say, really help you to connect back with your community, connect back with the place where you live, learn to sort of love the place where you live. And I just think that's really important. I, I would agree. I, I think, you know, there were some touch points during the course of this year where, you know, we were standing uh, outside our homes, banging pots mm. and pans to get, you know, to say a big thank you to all the frontline mm. uh, workers and just being there and seeing our neighbours doing the same thing yes. was quite moving mm. in terms of that sense of community. Yeah. We were all together, you know, giving yes. thanks to everybody else. I think for me, one of the things I observe um, from us kind of weathering uh, this pandemic is uh, the importance of being more self-sufficient at a community level, Yeah, of being more resilient. Um, and so for me, that actually places more emphasis on the importance of, of knitting yes. uh, together. Yeah. Uh, and being more focused on the places where we live. Yeah. Um, because that is very much the front line. Mm. Yeah. So if somebody's sat here and they're thinking, this all sounds amazing. I wish there was something going on in my community or how do I find out what's going on in my community? How, how can they do that? I think there's um, a lot of um, places where you can go. Um, there's various online groups mm -hmm. that will give you some indication. There's a huge number of volunteer groups. Mm. And so, you know, go into some social media channels and yeah. just see what's happening. I think it's also worth seeing what your local council is yes. doing. You know, yeah. plans are being published now. Um, and lots of those plans need you, need yeah. us in order to make them happen. Because we said at the beginning of the conversation, it's for the whole of the area, it's yeah. not just for council buildings. Yeah. And they're not going to do that without getting more and more people in the community involved and behind them. Yeah. So um, it's worth seeing where your council is at, how ambitious they are. Yeah. Are there some of the things that they have in the plan that you would like to contribute to? Yeah. Because they are hoping and expecting for people from the community to come and, mm. and, and support their initiatives. 
yeah it needs people with all different skill sets as well doesn't it and different interests because for me I love the sound of community energy but it feels like I don't I don't know enough about it I wouldn't even know where to start but I feel like I could probably start up a repair cafe or I could probably you know yeah. get some friends together well certainly you know we've been like litter picking and things like that so I guess it's a case of thinking about what your interests are what your skill sets are what lights you up and then trying to find those things that match yes and I would say that increasingly they either are already there, mm-hmm. either just starting up or they yeah. might be well established, but yeah. always uh, welcoming new people. Yeah. Because uh, the more people that get involved, yeah. the more effective the initiative is. Yeah. So it's, it's win-win, just yeah. getting more people behind it. And if it isn't, then again, this is partly where uh, our perspective is, okay, so give me an example yeah. of someone that's already done this because I want to do something similar. Sure. Yeah. So can on your website, can we come and search by, I think you've got it segmented, haven't you, by sort of areas of, so there's yeah, travel. Yeah, we've tried to, we, we try to, yes, uh, initially just break it out into some big action areas. So like you say, if, if energy is not for me, yeah. then something to do with nature could be, mm. or something around the circular economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of like a way in. Yeah. And then we're gathering initiatives that people are sharing uh, with us all the time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are published by the project owners themselves. So you're able to then make contact with those people and find out a little bit about how you, how you did it, et cetera, as a great way in to maybe doing something similar yourself. Yeah. And is there a way on your site to search by location? Not yet. Um, what we have is, uh, you kind of delve down by your local area. Yeah. So we've got a, we've got a map. Yeah. And that map helps you see a bit what the council's intention sure. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's how you would kind of look at it from a local perspective. Okay, brilliant. So any advice for anyone wanting to either get involved or start their own local action? I would say go for it today. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, what's what's uh, the first step, do you think? Um, I think it depends on your interest, yeah. to your point, because we are encouraging people to think about how to work together with others, mm. try and find out where those others are yeah. already, see if there is some kind of a group yeah. that you can then join, yeah. uh, and then if not, see if there are other people who might be interested, just, just be one or two initially, yeah. doing something similar to what you have in mind so that you can begin to start yeah. to work collectively on a certain area something and that, that you, you know that can be about. as simple as just a facebook post kind of going uh hi yeah. guys anyone local interested in blah or do you know anyone you know interested in this and and trying to sort of um hook yourself up with other people and um you know i think it's always easier if there are at least two or three of you trying to yes. um, get something off the ground isn't it it's, yeah. it's very um unrelenting and and uh sort of difficult if you're trying to do something on your own I think. yeah but, and we see this all the time. So again, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, like some of the really inspiring examples of, of communities coming together um, during the pandemic. Mm. And there were lots of groups that were springing up yes. about how can we help uh, get food mm. to people that have to stay in their homes because they're shielding yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever. And, and those just sprung yeah. up organically. That exact same thing can now happen as we think about what can we do now, yes. um, you know, looking forward. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there are any projects that always seem to do well or, 
you know, are there any projects that you've gone, that is never going to work and has really surprised you? No, not so, no. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would say that it's really interesting what people share in mm. terms of, you know, their insights, you know, what would you do differently? What would you yes. recommend? And there is this common thread of collaboration is really mm. important yeah. with, with different organizations. Yes. You know, because you want to make those connections in order for your initiative to have a bit more life. Yes. To have legs. Yeah. Mm. And again, encouraging people to think about, well, it's a, it's a voluntary organization, but yeah, the council's already thinking along the similar lines. Mm. The council provide that we cannot. Yes. You know, local companies can also provide something that we cannot. Yeah. You know, they might have more resources, money, advertising, yeah, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. But it's really the, the people whose initiatives seem to have taken off the fastest or, or, or growing are the ones that have appreciated that we do need to not only just think about our own little organization. Right. But thinking about other people within mm. our area. Yeah. And, and how we can work together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because we can come to your site and sort of look for case studies and examples of people that are doing it. Like in terms of sort of actual support, is there a, like you really want to want like a guidebook, don't you? Like yeah. <laughs> here you go. This is how you go and set up a community. And this is how you go and do. Um, I, I'm assuming that isn't available. So what we do, in, and we're doing it constantly, is we are figuring out who's done that kind mm. of thing. And there isn't a blueprint. Yeah. It's just lots of different examples. Yes. And we're just trying to signpost people to other organizations yeah. that have already developed that. Yeah. So again, one of the things that we do is, you know, we want to walk the talk. So we are very collaborative. Yeah. Uh, in our approach. And we recognize there are, uh, there are other organizations, both for profit and non for profit. Yeah. Some great toolkits and things yes. like that. And we just want to say, okay, so, you know, here's half a dozen. Brilliant. Yeah. Go and have a look at these. Yeah. And then again, see what works for you. Yeah. Because people are coming at it from different starting points. Yes. And um, the initiative may have very different ambitions in yeah. terms of whether it's going to be small in scope or very mm. large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no one size fits all. Yeah, that totally tallies with the thing that I'm saying all the time about kind of sustainable-ish in that, you know, everybody's starting from, when it comes to individual action, everybody's starting from different places. Everybody's got different challenges and circumstances. Everybody's probably got different goals and aims. Like for some people, they want to be, you know, the greenest of green and other people just want to be able to feel like they've done their bit and have, um, you know, ticked off some things and, and they're feeling like they've made a contribution. So that I, I absolutely would love yeah. that that, um, that sort of you know, matches exactly that the community level. And everybody as well. can make a contribution yes. at this community level. Yeah. Like you yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even if you, I don't know, like we had a repair cafe um, running a few years ago where I am. And, you know, even if you're like, do you know what? I can bake you a couple of cakes for your repair cafe. Do you know, like you don't have mm -hmm. to be amazing at fixing or, you know, I can come along and I can chat to people while they're waiting or anything like yes. that. As you say, everybody can potentially contribute something. And I think the other thing is that it doesn't have to be a big onerous, you know, everybody's busy. Everybody's got juggling a lot of things. And, and sometimes this idea that you've got to, oh God, it's going to be another well at the moment zoom meeting to go to or whatever yeah. but it doesn't necessarily have to be a big drain on time and energy it can actually be quite uplifting you're, you're right it doesn't have to be this daunting sort of open-ended commitment yes 
um, it can be, uh, again, it's very much your call as mm. to how much you want to commit or can commit. Yeah. And it's often worth just doing it on a, just a, a fairly low key yes. way initially and seeing where it goes. Yeah. And often one thing leads to another and yes. six months down the road, you're doing something different, might be yeah. a totally different project, but it's the people that you've now met in your community and something else has taken off. And again, it's a bit like that brave first step of changes mm. from my own personal lifestyle yeah. choices this is the next kind of brave step yes. which is starting to engage with people collectively where you live and, and seeing where it goes and to your yeah. point there might be different times when you can give less and other times when you can give more yeah and, and ebbs and flows yeah definitely so i'm going to put you on the spot here just before we finish have you got any top tips for people i think my top tip is please start now yeah um i i think in in some ways next year is going to be a bit of a reset mm -hmm. that uh, this year obviously because of the pandemic uh it's been um harder mm -hmm. to get people to still work on this and yes. a tremendous amount that's already that's been happening that's kind of been in the background mm -hmm. um and we do have really this decade yeah which 10 years is is a short space of time yeah um, and so I think next year is really like a reset year. Yeah. You know, let's really commit to this. Mm. And, you know, I would just ask everybody that's listening to think about, okay, if I'm not doing something in my community, let's maybe start doing something next year yeah. and trying it. And if I already am, how can I maybe make it bigger? How mm. can I maybe share it with uh, someone else in a different area? Yeah. Just to help it grow, to build the momentum that's already there. Yeah. And as you said, it doesn't have to be massive. It can be like the other thing that I've done locally is organised some swishes, some clothes swaps. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when restrictions, fingers crossed, ease and we start to get a bit more back to normal. I mean, that is such a lovely, and it can just be a one-off, you know, nobody's yeah. saying you've then got to do one a month for the next year or whatever. It can just be a one-off. It's a really lovely social occasion. It's a very gentle way of starting lots of conversations. Or, you know, can you have a toy swap with your friends? Or can you, yeah. uh, you know, if you've got a stash of reusable nappies that your kids have grown out of, can you maybe do a little nappy library or something? It doesn't have to be like a massive all singing, all dancing organisation with trustees and all this kind of layers of um, admin that I think a lot of us fear. Mm. Um, but I just think if you, as you say, make it as doable as possible for yourself to start and break it down. So what's the first thing I can do? Okay. I can come and I can look on Carbon Copy to get some inspiration of what other thing people are doing. Then I can post on Facebook to see if anybody else is interested. Do you know, like, just yeah. make it as doable as possible. You're right. And I think that's a great example because uh, there is a clear role for exactly what you're just talking about. Yeah. Which doesn't have to be over-engineered, doesn't have to yeah. be a formal organisation. Um, but we still need it. We still need people to come together and do swaps mm, of yeah. various sorts. That's part of us, you know, consuming less yeah. and using more of what we have for longer. Yeah. And it happens quite organically, quite naturally. Yeah. And it happens very locally between people. Yes. So like you say, that kind of thing is an essential part of the total picture. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you never know where it might. So you might just do one swish and, and be happy with that and repeat it in a year's time or whatever. Or it might end up that you connect with loads of people who've got loads of great ideas and you come together to do something more formal or whatever. But I think, as you said, that that making a start bit is that mm. is the, the important bit, isn't it? It is. um, yeah. Brilliant. So much great stuff in here. Where can we come and find you online? Because we've mentioned the website lots of times. Please do visit us on carboncopy.eco. Brilliant. That's .eco. Yep. 
um, and, and then, you know, have an explore and, and, and go from there. Again, we hope that you'll find it inspirational mm. and, you know, you can then take it where you want. Yeah. And are you on socials as well? Because I think you were saying before we hit record that you've got, you've been doing some Instagram TVs with um, yeah, so people look for on us the ground on, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So do look for us on, at Carbon Copy, again, uh, .eco on socials brilliant thank you so much that's been absolutely fascinating and i really hope you know people listening if you're inspired now to start something or you find something local um do come and let us know because i just think i always with everything whether i do a talk or a podcast or with my book like you know nothing changes if nothing changes so you've had a nice listen while you're walking the dog or on the school run or whatever but what's actually going to come out of this is really really exciting to hear what people will come up with so amazing thank you so much thank you so much for having me ish you wonderful sack of loveliness with me jen gale hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old gray matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably do let me know what that is i love to hear about the changes that people are making big or small every single one counts if you've enjoyed the show and i hope you have do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time.